Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Find A Way podcast with Dusty. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you're doing well on your journey. Just a reminder that any progress, if small, is progress and to appreciate progress wherever you get it. If it's an inch, if it's a quarter of an inch, it's a step in the right direction. And to not get caught up on the nuances of this journey, it can get very frustrating, very downing, very monotonous, boring, and just bleh. But you just got to keep at it just got to keep going. You never know what's going to come next. You can't predict the future, can't predict what's going to happen in a week, a month. So whatever it is, if you're able to make progress, celebrate that. Celebrate progress, move forward, and um, one day at a time, mentally, one day at a time. This is going to be a little bit of a um, deeper topic, so if you want to save and come back for later, um, we'll, we'll kind of dive into it. Just going to be some tough questions that we're going to have to ask ourselves on this journey, um, because it's important to get to the roots and not just deal with the surface level items, not deal with the cause, um, but deal with the root so that way the cause doesn't happen uh, or the effects, cause and effects. I think you know what I mean. Um, the, the ending result doesn't happen. The binge comes about from an over restriction. That over restriction is a response to a desire to be at a particular weight or at a particular health stance or position. And so, you know, getting to the layers of that, you've got to peel back layers. And so, again, this is going to be a little bit deeper, asking some, some, uh, maybe some tougher questions. But, you know, kind of the first one is why do you self sabotage? Why do we self sabotage? Um, I, I definitely should put we in there because that is essentially what defined a lot of my failed attempts as a, as a diet is self sabotage. That while I was really good for breakfast and really good for a snack and I brought my own lunch, I still had a bite of this. I still ordered pizza that night. I still went to Taco Bell on the way home. It's not to say that certain foods are like, no, you can never have it, but it wasn't according to plan. It wasn't in my plan. And so what's important is self-sabotage <clears throat> comes in many forms and it doesn't have to be this extreme binge to define it as self-sabotaging, but self-sabotaging, self-harm can come with food. And so um, while the lawnmower next to me absolutely went five feet and was the loudest I've ever heard in my life, um, while we can self-harm and self-sabotage with, with food, getting to why and asking ourselves and surrounding ourselves with people that we can ask that question with and be able to be reflective. I, I No, this is going to reveal and open up a little bit, but I've noticed that a lot of reality shows, especially those centering around relationships. So I'll give you a good example, Teen Mom. If you've never seen Teen Mom, not encouraging you to watch it. But my wife and her sister uh, really into that show when it was at its hype. And what they would do, and I started noticing it because it, it, it almost seemed like a lot of these fights, a lot of these things were orchestrated. And my sister works in the makeup industry and she's worked on the Honey Boo Boo show or whatever. And a lot of what their takes are, interactions are, is staged. It's all it's all something that they've created and, and it's not natural. It's not really happening like that. They're staging it or they're, they're making uh, drama because, they, of course, they need ratings. Well, one thing that I noticed in like the show like Teen Mom is 
they were creating these moments where a best friend, a friend, a, a spouse, the, the person that they were with would come over and have this conversation reflection. Now, if you watch that show, if you go back and watch that show, look for that. Look for those situations where the main person, the, the main teen mom, all of a sudden has the so-and-so come over and they ask the question like, so how has the relationship been with this person? So how have you been working out with this person? It's a moment of reflection that really kind of dives deep into what's going on with that situation. Well, if we expand that into our lives and our journeys, having a person to reflect with, having a person to discuss with and go over life with is going to be really important. Whether it's a, a nutritionist, dietitian, a, a therapist, um, you know, the accountability coaching that I do, whatever the case is, somebody that you can really ask the hard questions, but dig deeper than it. So if we were to ask, why do you self-sabotage? Why do you self-hate? Why do you dislike yourself enough to self-sabotage yourself with food? Where's the gap? Where's the lack? Where is the, I had an expectation and my expectation wasn't met. Where is that for you? And so if we were to, like, if I were to just do self-reflection and then give you an opportunity to maybe think for yourself of where in your personal life does it relate, you know, the lack for me was pleasing my parents from a divorce. And so when I was very young, probably six or seven years old, my parents divorced. And I remember, um, I remember the day that we moved out of my childhood house. And I remember looking over on one side of the room and my mom was packing up her stuff and looking at the other side of the room and watching my dad pack up his stuff. And slowly but surely the house was emptying and, be, and stuff was being taken out. And they went off to live their own separate lives. My mom went off to live in an apartment and my, my dad as well. Um, and at that point I had to now spin split days between my parents. And my parents were very good at making me feel bad if I wanted to go to the other parent's house. And so mind you, from seven years old, and I was already a big kid, I was already um, uh, a large child, but ever since you know, that moment, um, I am now, I'll say this, I was a large child, 11 pounds, but I started getting pretty active in sports. And so my weight wasn't really a concern, but my weight really became a concern after the divorce. And because I was so worried, I was so concerned with how they felt, how they were feeling, pleasing my parents, um, being the peacekeeper. Um, there, there's a famous beatitude, I think it's blessed of the peacemakers. And I was always like, oh, well, I'm, a, yeah, I'm following the beatitude, the peacemaker. No, I wasn't a peacemaker. I was a peacekeeper. I was just trying to keep the peace between my parents because they would make me feel bad depending on where I would go. And it would be a stepmom or a step, like my mom would get with somebody. They would talk uh, about my dad that I would have to defend, but ride that line. And so it was a very tumultuous childhood. And so there was a gap there. There was a lack there. There was an expectation as a child of, it wasn't that my parents didn't love me. They just didn't know how to love me effectively for me to not self-sabotage myself. And so with that, there was a gap there. 
there was obviously feelings of inadequacy that I'm not enough, I'm not doing enough, I haven't been enough, and so I have to work on keeping the peace between my parents. Obviously, if I'm not feeling good with all that, if I can dive into something that does feel good, food, if I can bury myself into a plate of food, then I'm going to do it. And you're talking about an instrumental period of life to where understanding that the, the ways and means of life and, and the cause and effect and how things work, how things happened. Obviously saw that there was a problem. I took Slim Flash Shakes when I was a kid and I've, I've talked about that before. I obviously knew that I wanted to do something about it, but I didn't have a map. I didn't have a blueprint. I didn't know how. I just knew what felt good. I just knew what didn't feel good. And I just knew how to go from not feeling good to feeling good. So I have a roadmap on how food makes me feel better. But binging like that, diving into food like that was self-sabotaging, self-harm. So fast forward, now I'm in my 20s. Mind you, I got, um, I, I, I like started my journey. I, I proceeded with the, 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 the okay, I, I got to move forward with this one. I'm 33 years old. So I spent my 20s going back and forth with weight, losing some, gaining some, dealing with it, then wanting to lose a little bit, dealing with it. Again and again and again, it came down to the fact that I wanted to start something. I, I was fine, I was fine, I was fine. And I got this frustration of why am I doing this for anybody else? It was almost like this awakening, like I, I, I don't care, like I wanna feel good. I wanna feel good, I wanna feel good. And so I would step off time and time again of the journey of, of taking care of my health, of eating right, of watching my calories and exercising because I was like, well, I'm not gonna do it for anybody, I should do it for myself. I was missing the point that I was hurting myself by being this weight because my perception of myself, my confidence, my interactions with the, the general public were, were hindered and, and, and halted because of my weights. And so while I was like, oh, I'm going to do this for myself, I really wasn't doing it for myself. I was self-harming, self-sabotaging. And so we take all that I've learned <coughs> as a child on how food feels good, how there was a lack, how there was a gap, how there was expectations not met. You take that into your 20s. And for me, it was as simple as I wanted to do something, I did it, I didn't know how. I went back to what I knew and I just dealt with it. Oh, I'll just, that's fine. I'll just, I'll just deal with it. Or I would go on an extreme diet and really the, the result of where I am today is I would lose the weight. I would lose the weight enough to recognize just briefly that I've done something, but then just settle back into old habits. So typically on my cycle of, of yo-yo dieting is I would realize there's a problem, go on an extreme diet, lose 40 pounds. Great. Lost 40 pounds. Awesome. Feel good. Things feel different. Things, this, this, and that. Something happens. I slip back into old habits. I gained the weight back and then some. And so I am now yo-yoing in my late teens, in my teens, in my twenties, in my early thirties, going back and forth with doing something about it, seeing a small portion of success, falling off, gaining it, gaining it back some, then doing it again. And so how did I get to 534 pounds? It's easy. I lost 40 pounds, I gained 50. I lost 50 pounds, I gained 60. I lost 75, I gained 95. 
I'm going in the positive direction and not the good positive direction. So I got the 534 pounds because of that yo-yo. It was not only me self-harming myself and standing that, no, I don't want to do this. And so you're talking about kind of two different moments or two different ways I got out of it is uh, first, uh, you know, I don't want to do this for anybody else. Um, I'm just, I, I, I enjoy food. I'm not good. No, I'm not doing this for anybody else. Like I've just, who cares what anybody else thinks? I'd put that down. Of course, I, I was caring what other people thought. But, you know, I, I'm saying to myself, speaking these little affirmations of, you know, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? I'm, I'm stepping off. Then I would realize I care, step on something, lose a significant amount of weight, 40, 50, 60, 70 pounds, and then gain it back and then some. So the definition of how I got the 534 pounds, there it is right there. And so you and your journey... Where is the root of, if you've been consistently losing and gaining, losing and gaining, losing and gaining, there is some sort of gap of self-worth. There's some sort of gap of an expectation that wasn't met that you've got to talk out. And so I've identified potentially the problem. And it would be a problem for me to identify that problem and not come up with or root a solution. So how, for me, did I kind of find my way through that and out of it and kind of where I am today, still working through? And you know, hey, uh, you had the weight loss surgery, so it, it cured all that mental stuff. <laughs> it's far from the truth. It almost forces you to deal with it. So it almost becomes, it almost hyper fixates the emotion and makes it even worse because you want to binge, but your uh, stomach ends up tearing itself apart. You end up throwing up or, or potentially risking a hernia just because you're trying to deal with this um, binge or, or this emotion. And so how have I been able to make it through? Well, first, and, and a lot of this, um, <clears throat> can be kind of all housed under food addiction, can all be housed under that label of food addiction. I found a transfer, a food addiction transfer. I found an ability to transfer the, the low moments for me, the moments where I wanted to dive into food, I, I, I transferred the addiction. At first it was clothes, you know, then shoes, then shopping of, of anything, um, also the gym, to where I became this hyper fixated, addicted individual to this, this item, this thing. And the transfer of that addiction was good and bad. I transferred the addiction, meaning I didn't deal with it, never actually faced it head on. I just simply moved it. I was not happy. I was experiencing a low moment. And so out of that, I took that low moment and went go shopping. Oh, I'm going to go spend money. I'm going to go try new shoes on, try get new socks. I'm going to get new this. I'm going to, you think about what addictive things can be done or can be a result and insert me into that equation. Well, I transferred and I transferred and I transferred. And in the moments of transfer, and this is where kind of things got better. I made a lot of transfers, shopping to shoes, to clothes, um, to Amazon, to trinkets on Amazon, uh, uh, buying this, buying that, um, but 
having this release, this endorphin, this dopamine release, this enjoyment release. Well, what happened is in those moments is in my dopamine, in my release, there would be a moment to where I'm like, I, I, I don't have, I, I don't, I can't fit my shoes anywhere. I can't put my shoes anywhere anymore. And there was this moment of mourning. There was this moment of, I, I can't do anything about it. Like I can't, I can't fulfill this need. I can't, I can't get this hit of dopamine. And again, food's out of the, the, the picture at this point because I'm going to feel sick. And so I, I feel this like just all of a sudden rush of I can't do anything about it anymore. And then I would then at that point now mourn. I would oftentimes cry. I would oftentimes talk to somebody, reason it, let it out. I would almost say that I would, um, it's like that full house moment. You remember when like DJ or, or Stephanie in, in full house, it was a, a childhood, like where they would do something and they would run off to the room and then their dad would follow them soon afterwards. And almost have like that reflection conversation of like, Hey, what did you learn today? What did you go through? This is why this happened. This is why that happened. That's why support is so important is that when I would have those moments where I couldn't get that dopamine hit, I had support to help me through it. So how am I here today? I've just had support with my wife and with others along the way to help work through and process that emotion, that dopamine hit without being, without self-gratifying with something. And, and that's where progress, which I started this conversation with, came from. And it was a quarter inch of progress, but it was progress. I'm now seven years into the journey and I'm still working. You know, one thing that I said to me, myself recently and just and talking to yourself is very effective as well. Talking yourself through the difficult times is um, kids and all that comes with taking care of kids, worrying about kids, putting your kids above yourself and the lack of routine, the lack of repetition, um, really the concern that we were having early on with our son um, stress got me and stress is a big reason why I gained a lot of weight because when I was stressed out, I used food as a, as a dopamine hit. What, what was my alternative to, uh, stress? Uh, it was the gym. So if you see me have a gym in my garage, if you see me going to the gym pretty and going for a run pretty consistently, it's because I've been used to, um, working through mental stress and the, the chaos of life at the gym and through the gym. And so that's an alternative for me. Now, you think about the process of me going through these emotions again and again and again and again. I told myself, man, that stress got me. Man, I was five years into the journey and I managed to put about 10 to 15 pounds on. Man, I've maintained and I've held on to losing this weight for so long, but it still got me. And so when I say I'm still working, we're still working, what I'm sharing with you now, it's still a process. It's still an inch, a quarter inch at a time process. But in that quarter inch of progress, I'm able to, to make a better step forward. To, to kind of summarize this, and I, I like to keep this short, of course, to, to make it easier. Um, in those moments where you're typically used to a dopamine hit, 
you're going to have to realize that there's going to be emotion. Uh, there's going to be a, 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 an outburst. There's going to be a potentially crying, an emotional um, issue that's going to come about that you're going to need support and you're going to need someone to talk to in that moment to talk you through so that you don't give in to that dopamine hit. You don't give in to that release of binge eating and, and going into your addiction. You've got to eventually have enough conversations and enough talks with yourself of I can't do this anymore. I've got to move forward that eventually you make some headway into your journey to where you're actually not self-sabotaging yourself anymore, but you're finding a different outlet or you're finding a different way through getting better on your journey so that you're not self-sabotaging and binge eating, but you're saying, you know what? I'm going to take a moment, take a reflection and utilize the box breathing technique. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to go get some exercise. I'm going to go find alternative foods that I typically enjoy and dive into. Finding uh, somebody to talk to, um, to, to air out your grievances in your mind. And, and when you're stressed out, um, you know, joining a league, joining a Zumba club, something that gives you an option to get through it. So, um, I'm hoping this helps. I've got to cut this off. Uh, kids are up and, uh, I'm going to go rush inside, but I uh, hope this, you find this helpful and useful in your journey. Um, any feedback, anything you want to dive into in a future episode, just let me know. Talk to you soon. Bye.